What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's my team selection for game week four. So I'm going to show you how the team is shaping up, thoughts on transfers, captaincy, all that good stuff. And I'll quickly show you how I did in game week three as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And if you haven't already checked out Fantasy Football Hub, there's still up to 50% off at the moment. All the links you need are in the description below. So game week three was pretty good for me. I finished on 56 points for the second week in a row, and that was enough for a green arrow so my overall rank now sits at just inside the top 225k so things have started quite nicely in terms of the players that scored me points this week for the third week running my goalkeeper scored two points so they're nothing if not consistent this time it was jordan pickford now it is frustrating when your goalkeeper concedes so late into a game especially when wolves only had two shots on target but at the same time, for the goal that Wolves scored, it was pretty bad goalkeeping. Maybe he thought one of the defenders was going to deal with the cross, but another goalkeeper would come out and be a lot more commanding. And also, when the ball was headed, I think Pickford was behind the line. So all around, it was just a bit weird. And he's not looking like a great pick, so I'll talk about whether or not to transfer him out in, uh, when I talk about my Game Week 4 team. In defence, Cheerwell finished on six points, which is nice against Luton. But if you watch that game, it could have been more. There was one point in particular where Jackson passed it to him and he's running down on goal. He gets just inside the penalty box and rather than shoot, he decides to try and pass to Sterling. It gets blocked by the defender. So that score could have been much more. And I own Nicholas Jackson as well. So he finished on seven points. I transferred Ollie Watkins out. So I'm plus two points on that transfer. But that one could have been more as well. So happy with the two Chelsea players against Luton, but could have been higher scores from both. Estupinian one-pointer i don't think anyone expected west ham to do as well as they did and it was similar with saliba he finished on one point as well and i don't think anyone expected that game against fulham to be two all so these things happen i don't think either of those are necessarily bad picks but they didn't do well in game week three i think my favorite points of the game week were from fernandez and rashford so fernandez finished on 12 rashford on seven lots of people sold them before nottingham forest at home which look I won't say any move is crazy, but there's very few times in a season you're going to see me remove players with fixtures like that. So I think it was absolutely the correct decision to hold on to them. Whether or not we need to hold on to them long term is a completely different conversation. But for Forrest at home, it was an easy hold. So to come away with 19 points from those two, loving that. Uh, in terms of Inverma, okay, two points, but I think that's the first time he's blanked this season, so not too worried. Saka again, taking the penalty, that's good. It, does, it means that Odegaard's not going to take all of them going forward. So he still looks like a really good pick. The player that I'm a bit worried about is Martinelli. I don't think Arsenal have necessarily looked that good so far. And his underlying numbers aren't looking great either. That might improve with Jesus back. But I'm not sure he's someone I necessarily need to hold on to. So again, I'll talk about that in a minute. And obviously, Harlan scored but missed a penalty. So finished on four points. Captain him to finish on eight. The most frustrating thing was Udogi on my bench with 12 points. Because apart from Bruno Fernandes, he outscored every other player in my first 11. But I'm not really too concerned about that because Chilwell, Eschipinian and Saliba all had pretty good home games. So I was never going to play Udogi anyway. So obviously you'd rather have those points. But all you need to really think about is the decision making. Was it the right decision to bench Udogi? I think it probably was. So 
I would have liked to have had those 12 points. The green arrow would have been even bigger, but I think it was the right decision that I made. So this is what my defense and bench looks like for game week four. I've got Jordan Pickford in goal with Sheffield United away, so pretty good fixture. And on the bench, I've got Matt Turner versus Chelsea away. My back three is Chilwell versus Forrest at home, Estupinian versus Newcastle at home, and Destiny Udogi against Burnley away, which means I'm benching Saliba against Man United at home because I think Man United will score in that game. And sometimes when I say things like that, people will comment, no, Arsenal are going to win that game. And I'm not necessarily disagreeing. Arsenal will be favourites going into that match. I just think that Saliba's going to lose his clean sheet. So that's why I'm benching him. And I've got Kabori for Luton against West Ham at home. I've also got Cameron Archer listed as a 4.5 million forward who has now transferred from Aston Villa to Sheffield United. And I think going forward, he will get plenty of minutes. Whether or not that happens in game week four, I don't know because he's only just moved clubs. But I think from game week five onwards, he's going to be in that first 11 more often than not. So he is probably one of, if not the best 4.5 million forward right now. If you don't own him, it's really not a problem. For those of us that do have him, we're going to bench him most weeks anyway. But it's nice to have that little bit of extra security. So I'm happy with him there. In terms of Pickford, lots of conversation around him this week. I spoke about it on the game week preview yesterday. I just can't see how it's worth a transfer with Sheffield United away. If I was going to move goalkeepers, it would be Flecken that I would go to at Brentford. And to be fair, they've got Bournemouth at home this week. But in game week five, they've got Newcastle away and Pickford's got Arsenal at home. So if Matt Turner is still first choice at Forest in game week five, whichever, whichever other goalkeeper I have between Pickford and Flecken, I'm going to play Turner anyway. So with my current goalkeeper set up, I've got Sheffield United away this week, Burnley at home next week, I can just make the decision later on down the line. And even after that, and I'm not saying Everton are going to get any clean sheets, but fixture-wise, okay, it's Brentford away in game week six. Flecken would be better that week for sure. But then for Pickford, it's Luton at home and Bournemouth at home. Like, goalkeeper transfers are usually so little upside. It's only when you've got the luxury and there's just no other moves that you want to make. And that's not the case for my team this week. And also, I haven't fully decided when I'm going to wildcard. But the most likely time right now is game week nine. And that's right when Pickford's fixtures get really bad. Chelsea's fixtures get worse and Liverpool's get much better. So that would be a good time to offload him. And I'm not saying I won't do it before that. I would just much rather have an extra transfer in game week five after an international break than remove Pickford before Sheffield United away. So as I said on yesterday's video, is he a great pick? No. If I could go back in time, would I change him? Yes. But it's all about the decisions you make from here onwards. And I just think keeping him for Sheffield United away is a perfectly reasonable move to make. So that's what I'm going to do. In terms of the defence, I don't think it's looking great this week. Because I think Estupinian could concede. Maybe Udogi as well. I think Chilwell is definitely the best option. But I don't think there's too many decent moves that I can make to improve the team and in the long run. Apart from possibly bringing in a Man City defender. So I could do Saliba to Ruben Diaz. That would improve the team this week because he's got Fulham at home. But it would then give me a decision about who to bench out of Estupinian and Udogi. And I think on paper, I'd probably bench Estupinian because the Newcastle attack is better than Burnley. But given he's so attacking, do I really want to do that? And also, if I don't buy Diaz this week, I can probably just get a Newcastle defender in game week five instead like Trippier. The thing that I like, and I showed this on stream the other day is if you look at my team on Fantasy Football Hub, and if you want to check all this stuff out for yourself, links in the description below. Let's say I bring Diaz in and I bench you, Doggy. The team looks pretty good this week, Fulham at home. In game week five, 
I could bench Eschepinian. I'll just remove him. Put Udogi in because he's got Sheffield United at home. I wouldn't be benching Chilwell anytime soon anyway because the fixtures are good and he's so attacking. And Ruben Diaz has got West Ham away. And then in game week six, you bench Udogi and you bring Eschepinian back in. He's got Bournemouth at home. Chilwell's got Villa at home. And Diaz has got Forrest at home. So there's no real need for a Newcastle defender. We can see how they react to Champions League. Is there any rotation? We can see what's happening with Botman. And so by having Diaz in this week, it makes the reliance on Newcastle defenders a little bit less. Obviously, Diaz is not necessarily 100% assured starts, but I think he's one of the best options in the team. So I am thinking about making this Saliba to Ruben Diaz move, but I also want to make another transfer. So that would mean using both of my free transfers this week, where there's not really a problem with doing that. But would I prefer to have two after the international break? Probably. So that's why I don't think I will do it. But it is up for consideration for me. Just on Saliba, because some people are probably thinking, why are you getting rid of him? It's not a must to get rid of him whatsoever. If we look at the fixtures that Arsenal have coming up, probably not going to play him this week. Everton away is fine. Bournemouth away in game week seven is fine. But I probably wouldn't play him against Spurs either in game week six. They got Man City in game week nine and Chelsea in game week... Uh, sorry, Man City in game week eight and Chelsea in game week nine. So between now and game week nine, I'm not really going to play Saliba that much. It's really from game week 10 onwards when they have Sheffield United at home. So it's not that he's a must-sell by any stretch, but if I wanted to bring a new defender in this week, because Estepinian's got Bournemouth at home in game week six, and I can cover him with Udogi in game week five, he feels more important to keep than Saliba, plus he's way more attacking. So that's what the defence and bench looks like. I don't think I'm going to make any changes, but if I do, it's probably going to be Ruben Diaz in for Saliba. So my midfield five is still exactly the same as it was in game week one. I've not used any transfers on them so far. That might be about to change this week, and I'll talk about possible transfers in a minute. I've got Saka and Martinelli against Man United at home, Imbermo against Bournemouth at home, and Fernandes and Rashford against Arsenal away. Now, the easiest player to talk about is probably Brian Imbermo. There's no way I can get rid of him before a fixture like Bournemouth at home. And as I spoke about on the game week preview yesterday, the fixture run after that is pretty good. In the next six game weeks, they've got Bournemouth, Everton, Forest, and Burnley. And the two outside of that are Newcastle away and Man United away. And in those games, Brentford will almost certainly line up with the back three and in Burma will play as one of the two strikers so I'm not really worried about him whatsoever the only time I can consider transferring him out is game week 10 onwards because they've got Chelsea away West Ham at home Liverpool away and Arsenal at home but up until that point I can just leave him in like I like him so much that if you said to me you can put in Sterling Madison or Foden in his place you don't have to use any of your transfers and it won't cost you any extra money I'm still not sure that's a no-brainer because he's on penalties, none of the other three are guaranteed to be on them. His minutes are great, there's no Europe or anything like that. Look, there's a case to be made that Madison, Sterling and Foden are all better than him. But I don't think it's a guarantee, so that's how much I rate him. And I said on the Game Week preview yesterday, if you don't own him and you need a player around his price in midfield, he's still a great option. I've got to keep hold of Saka. I was a little bit worried that Odegaard would take penalties full-time, but as we've seen, that's not the case. Because of his minutes and stuff like that, I've got to hold on to him. Man United at home is not the worst fixture. And in the next four, they get to play Everton away and Bournemouth away as well. So Arsenal fixtures are actually okay, especially from an attacking point of view. With Rashford and Fernandes, obviously keeping them for Forest at home was such an easy decision. Arsenal away is a little bit trickier. But if you look at the fixture run afterwards, I just can't see any need to move them on. I know there's lots of good midfielders right now. 
who have better fixtures than Arsenal away this week. But the run afterwards for Man United is so good. Like Brighton at home, no clean sheets first three, plus it's at Old Trafford. Burnley away, Palace at home, Brentford at home, Sheffield United away. Then it's Man City at home. I've spoken about these fixtures before. That is a tough fixture. But then it's Fulham away, Luton at home, Everton away. So I'm not dead set. or Sorry, I'm not locked in on using my wildcard in game week nine. And if I don't use it then, it might not be until after game week 15 or something like that. So there is a possibility that I will hold Fernandes and Rashford all the way from now or from game week one even up until like game week 13 or something like that. I'm just in no rush to get rid of them given what they can offer. Like Fernandes, 8.5 million, nailed great minutes, penalties and has looked really good in the first few fixtures as well. Rashford maybe not so much but as we saw against Nottingham Forest he was on the left and he did perform better and after the international break I would hope that Hoyland's fit and if he is... That means he's going to play number nine most games. Rashford's going to play on the left where he's the best or best at. And then, uh, look, the fixtures are there as well. So, look, there's loads of great midfielders people are bringing in right now. But Fernandez and Rashford are proven quality FPL options. And I just don't need the money from downgrading them either. So, if you were annoyed about me keeping them last week, you're probably even more annoyed that I'm going to keep them for Arsenal away. But right now, I've got no plans to get rid of them. With Martinelli, he is a possible transfer for me this week. And i got to be honest, as we get later on in the week, I'm st- I'm not sure it's actually a great move. Like, he doesn't need to be sold. Sometimes in FPL, like, injuries and suspensions can be really frustrating, but at least they give you a move to make. I'm almost waiting for that to happen with my team because I could take Martinelli out, but if I had to keep him, I'd be more than happy to do so because, like I've just said for Saka... The fixtures for Arsenal are actually pretty good, right? Man United at home this week, Everton away game week five, Spurs at home game week six, and Bournemouth away game week seven. After that, it's Man City at home, Chelsea away. Maybe I could look to get rid of them then. And you could say over the next six weeks, they've got to play all of Man United, Spurs, Man City, and Chelsea. But that Arsenal attack is usually pretty good and will cause those teams problems. The only thing I've got in the back of my mind is I'm kind of thinking of the Arsenal attack based on last year. I don't think they've been as good this year. And look, it's only three games. We shouldn't change our opinions massively on teams. But I just wonder if now is a good time to get off that double up, especially when there's so many other good midfielders. So it's not necessary that I really want to sell Martinelli. But because I've got two free transfers and not many other moves that I think are, you know, desperately needed to be made this week, I've got the luxury of being able to move Martinelli on. For a player that may or may not outscore him. And the two that I'm looking at that won't surprise you is Raheem Sterling. It is very much a knee jerk after his 19-pointer against Luton. But I have said for a couple of weeks he has looked good for Chelsea. Not necessarily for the full 80 to 90 minutes. But he's been decent enough. And I really like Chelsea's fixtures. Or the other option is to go for James Madison. Now I think these two are both really good options. I think if I was looking at the next two game weeks only, I'd probably go Madison. I think the next four game week slightly swings it towards Sterling because Madison's got to play Arsenal away and Liverpool at home in game week six and seven. And if you're looking a bit further ahead, like the next six game weeks, it gets even closer. So I think a good kind of in the middle choice is to look at the next four, in which case I will probably go for Sterling. So if I just bring up the fixtures here, I had the wrong screen up then. Um, You've got Forest at home, Bournemouth away, Villa at home, Fulham away. And then if I had to keep him another week... It's Burnley away, which are pretty good. And again, I come back to that wildcard decision. I'm not guaranteed to use it in game week nine, but if I really want Salah, it's going to be the easiest way to do it. 
And that seems like a really good point to get off Chelsea players. So if I've got Jackson, Sterling and Chilwell with a bad fixture run, I can just get rid of them all on wildcard. So I think for that reason, I prefer Sterling over Madison right now. Lots of people are talking about the stats. We should say it's only based off three games. And yes, Madison's numbers have been very good so far. But the one thing that people don't seem to be mentioning is the toughest fixture that Spurs have had on paper is Man United at home. And that's where he's put up the worst numbers. 0.1 expected goals per... Uh, sorry, 0.1 expected goals and 0.25 expected assists. Now, it's just one game. He might be great in the harder fixtures going forward. But with Arsenal away and Liverpool at home, they're not, they're not easier than playing Man United. So I just think, yes, Burnley away and Sheffield United at home looks great for Madison. Luton away and Fulham at home in game weeks 8 and 9 also looks great. But those two fixtures in the middle are much more difficult. So that's why I'm probably leaning slightly more towards Sterling. The only thing for me is, with Madison, I don't think it matters who Spurs sign in the transfer window. He's always going to be integral to what they do moving forward. And I'm fairly confident the same thing can be said of Sterling. But at the time recording this, and I'm recording it on, what day is today? I think it's Tuesday. No, it's Wednesday, and it's going to come out on Thursday. There's lots of talk about Cole Palmer possibly going to Chelsea. And obviously, he plays on the right. Now, he might just be a backup. Chelsea have got loads of players anyway. It could be that Sterling moves to the left. It could be that Sterling plays right, but gets substituted a little bit more often, like earlier. There's slight concerns now about Sterling that I didn't necessarily have a couple of days ago, but that is probably where I'm leaning more towards. One other thing to talk about, about this possible move, are the points prediction, uh, points projections on Fantasy Football Hub. If you want to check all this stuff out, links in the description below. So if I look at 7.1 to 8 million pound midfielders, which is basically Sterling's price up to Martinelli, they actually have Phil Foden as the top over the next two game weeks. Now, I'm a little bit too concerned about his minutes. And also, again, at the time recording, and this should hopefully be confirmed by the club by the time you watch it, they're looking to sign Nunez from Wolves. Now, he's not a direct replacement for Foden or Alvarez, but he can play in midfield, and it's just another body to add to those players competing over those first 11 spots. And if Rodri's nailed and Pep's going to play one of Kovacic or Nunez, that means there's only one more central spot for Foden and Alvarez, and you've also got Bernardo Silva. So I'm just too worried about Foden's minutes. I've spoken about that before. I think them making new midfield signings doesn't help me with that either. Then it's Madison. Then, interestingly, it's Martinelli. And this is what I'm saying. He's not a must-sell by any means. If you think he's going to continue to start over the next three to four games... He's an easy hold if you don't have the spare transfers. Then it's Sterling. If we look over the next four game weeks, then I think, yeah, Martinelli goes above Madison. And that is because Madison has to play Arsenal away and Liverpool at home. And if we go to the next six game weeks, which I think is game week four to eight, Madison just goes above Martinelli. So it's all about how long you want to keep this player. I personally think that Madison's probably the best of the lot for the next two. But after that, I'm not so sure. I'm probably just rambling at this point. But that's kind of my thought process. I look at that midfield, and honestly, if they keep getting minutes, I could hold that for weeks and weeks. But because I'm not quite sure about getting Diaz in, and I don't feel that Pickford is a kind of priority transfer out, I've got that spare move. So Martinelli to one of the new kind of players that everyone's looking to bring in this week could be a way that I go. And right now, I'm leaning more towards getting Sterling. They are playing in the Carabao Cup. Um, tonight on Wednesday so we'll see if there's any injuries but I'm not expecting Sterling to play but that's who I'm leaning towards but everyone else loves Madison so I'm not quite sure 
I don't know. I'll decide by Friday. And then up front, it's Nicholas Jackson against Forrest at home and Erling Haaland against Fulham at home. And as you might expect, Haaland is going to be my captain this week. I just think that Fulham defence is there for the taking. Even with Paulinia back against Arsenal, they still conceded 3.25 expected goals. And defensively, they haven't been great in any game so far. If you look at the numbers for Leno... Even against Everton, right, pretty poor attack. They conceded 2.73 expected goals. And against Brentford, it was 3.8. Now, I know Paulinia didn't start those two games, but that isn't very promising whatsoever. And I can only imagine what Man City might do. And to be fair, I don't really have any other standout captaincy options this week anyway. So it's definitely going to be Haaland. With Jackson... I'm pretty happy with that transfer. Took out Watkins last week. He got five points. Jackson got seven. So I'm two points up on that move. And he's got a better fixture this week. Forrest at home instead of uh, Liverpool away, which is what Villa have got. And I know Van Dijk is missing, but that is still going to be a harder game. So I think at this point, unless an attacker comes in that makes me think Jackson's minutes are going to be reduced... I think I've just got to hold him right up until Chelsea's kind of good fixtures end. And the other thing I like about him is the numbers he's put up individually have been pretty good so far. So 0.53 expected goals against Liverpool, 0.79 against West Ham, and 0.71 against Luton. So he is getting into the right places, and hopefully that will continue. And obviously Chelsea will continue to play more games together and hopefully just click as an attacking unit. Plus we'll see who they sign in the transfer window, because I'm sure they're going to make another two to three signings, because that is what Chelsea do. And like I said, the fixtures are just great. So it's not that he's a must-hold or anything like that. But until something better comes along, I am just going to hold on to him. I think if you were looking between him and Alvarez this week, that would be quite a close decision. Like Alvarez has played 90 minutes in all three games for Man City so far. Does that mean he's going to play 90 in the next four or five? Possibly not, but he could be a good option if you don't want to go for Jackson. But I'm pretty, pretty happy with him. In terms of my suggested transfers over on Fantasy Football Hub, uh, one of them is Saliba to Vardiol. I've already talked about possibly selling Saliba. I think the extra money for Diaz is probably worth it. Although right now, Vardiol's minutes do look pretty good as well. I think he probably is one of the defenders for Man City is going to play a lot of games over the next kind of six to eight game weeks but I'd probably still rather spend the extra on Diaz but it's good to know that Saliba out is also kind of confirmed here and the other move is in Burmo to Foden we've got to talk about that fantasy football hub there is no way I'm getting rid of in Burmo right now so that is my team it looks pretty good my probable move is Martinelli to Sterling or Madison but if something comes up between now and Friday like an injury then I'll probably just hold on to Martinelli, make that other move instead, because I really want two free transfers after the international break. It just gives you that bit of flexibility. And look, it's not that all my players are going to go and get injured, but it is a possibility that something else happens over that break, which means having those two free transfers is handy. And to be fair, it's just always handy to have them if you can anyway. I'm not against spending both. I just don't think I need it this week. So Harlan captain, team looks pretty good. If you want to check out Fantasy Football Hub, links in the description below. If you're watching on YouTube, give the video a like. Hit that subscribe button. I'm trying to hit 375k before the international break. And if you're listening on podcast, make sure to rate five stars. Otherwise, I'll catch you tomorrow for final thoughts. Sports Social Podcast Network.